0: chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 9 through 11. The Bible says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, and unto Laodicea, uh, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. I'm going to preach tonight on that one statement, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight. That you would help us tonight to see the great truth that you delivered to my heart one day, many, well, more than a year ago, and uh, just struck home and realized what, what John was telling us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to see it tonight, this, this uh, warm summer night in a, in a fundamental Baptist church. And uh, this is the truth, I believe, that we need to be reminded of on a night like this. And I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, drive it home. Holy Spirit, I give you what I've prepared. And I ask you to use it as a tool to accomplish your purposes tonight. And I pray that you would, please, for, for the glory of God. Amen. Can you imagine? How many of you have your Bibles tonight? Hold it up in the air so I can see it. Uh, All right, very good. Now, put it back in your lap and I want to ask you a question. Can you imagine if that Bible in your hand did not contain the book of Revelation? Can you imagine, you know we always talk about the 66 books, can you imagine talking about the 65 books? It just doesn't have the same ring, does it? Praise God for, I believe all 65 books. Can you imagine, you know, you, you, uh, you, you quote through the books of the Bible, and can you imagine Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, uh, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude? It just doesn't sound right, does it? And all those little songs we have to quote the, the books of the Bible, they wouldn't work. They wouldn't fit, ending in the book of Jude. Can you imagine the preacher standing up saying, Bless God, I believe this book from Genesis to Jude! It wouldn't sound the same, uh, the Bible without the book of Revelation. But I want to show you a couple other things. If we did not have the book of Revelation, if it were not in your Bible, we would not have, there, there, there are a number of things that you wouldn't have in your Bible were it not for the book of Revelation. For instance, you would not have the blessing that is promised to all those who read the book of Revelation no other book promises a blessing to all of those who read it the book of revelation specifically does but you wouldn't have that if you didn't have the book of revelation you would not have the description of jesus that's found in revelation 1 13 through 16 i love this it says and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paths with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as the flame of fire. And his feet like unto the brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice is the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth was a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. What a wonderful description of my savior now there's only one place in the whole bible where that description is given just like that and it's in the book of revelation if you didn't have that book of revelation in your bible you wouldn't have that wonderful description you wouldn't have this statement i am the alpha and omega the beginning and the ending saith the lord which is which was which is to come the almighty you wouldn't have this statement how many sermons have you heard preached on this subject thou hast left thy first love Oh boy, we've, we've used that, it's been a blessing and it's been a challenge, but it wouldn't be in your Bible if you didn't have the book of Revelation. Or how about this one? How many sermons have you heard on the sin that make God, makes God vomit? I will spew thee out of my mouth. Boy, we've heard about that. But you would not have that sermon and that text and that statement if you didn't have the book of Revelation in your Bible. You wouldn't have this, and boy, is there a more well-known uh, phrase in the Bible than this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now you wouldn't have that if you didn't have the book of Revelation in your Bible. What a great book. You wouldn't have this, one of the clearest description of the rapture in the entire Bible, Revelation 4.1, where it, where it says, I heard a voice say, Come up hither. The trumpet sounded and said, come up hither. That's the raptor right there. Now, you wouldn't have that if you didn't have the book of Revelation. Or how about this? Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You wouldn't have that if you didn't have the book of Revelation. Or worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. You wouldn't have that if you didn't have the book of Revelation. You wouldn't have one of my favorite scenes in the entire book of Revelation where right after the rapture we're all gathered around and and, uh, the elders and the four beasts are gathered before the throne of God and uh, one begins to weep and to say who is worthy to open the book? What is that book? It's the seven sealed book the title deed to the earth. And they weep and say, who is worthy to open the book? Oh no, what are we going to do? Who is worthy to take the title deed to the earth and open those seals? And one steps forward. The Lamb of God had been slain. Step forward and said, the Lamb is worthy to open the book. I love that scene. But you'd never hear about it if you didn't have the book of Revelation. We wouldn't have the seven seals. The horrible seven seals. The horrible seven trumpets. The horrible seven thunders and seven vials. We wouldn't have the story of those two witnesses that that, uh, preach and the whole world celebrates when they are killed and the whole world watches their dead carcasses arrive there and then the whole world watches them rise again and go into heaven. We wouldn't have the description of political Babylon. We wouldn't have the description of religious Babylon, which I think is very clearly the Roman Catholic Church. We wouldn't have the description of the Antichrist, the false prophet and the beast. We wouldn't know anything about the number 666 being the number of the beast. We wouldn't have the description of the fall of Babylon we wouldn't have the description of the second coming of Christ found in Revelation 19 which is my other favorite uh, well I, boy, there's just so many but one of my other favorite scenes described the book of Revelation and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon it was called faithful and true and in his righteousness he doth judge and make war his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords I love that But that's not found anywhere else in the Bible but the book of Revelation. You wouldn't know about that if you didn't have the blessed book of Revelation. You would not have the battle of Armageddon. You would not have uh, this particular description of the millennium. You would not have the description, of the final battle that takes place at the end of the millennium. Satan's one last attempt to overthrow God Almighty. You would not have some of the uh, other description... Of the great white throne judgment. You would not have the clear description of how God keeps his books in heaven. You know the Bible says that God has a set of books. Plural books. And in those books are written the works. Of those who were not saved. And then it says he has a book. Singular the book of life. And in that book there are no works written. Only names. And everybody on this planet either has their works written in these books or their name written in this book. Everybody. We wouldn't have that description of God's accounting system if we did not have the book of Revelation. We would not have the description of the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, and the new earth. We wouldn't have some of the most beautiful words in the entire Bible. And the spirit of the bride say come. And let him that heareth say come. And let him that is athirst come. And take this Mr. Calvinist. And whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will. That's found in Revelation. We would not have the warning to those who add or take away from the Bible. And then we wouldn't have John's prayer. Even so come, Lord Jesus. All right, you say. Brother Joe, what's your point? All right, if we didn't have the book of Revelation, now you're going to go to the book of Matthew and tell us what to do. We didn't have the book of Matthew. No, here's my point. We all know that the word of God is forever, forever settled in heaven. You were going to get that 66 book book in your hand you were going to get that god was going to see to it that you got it that was god's plan and it was going to be carried out whether or not man uh uh, uh, whether or not a, a certain man or another certain man chose to be used of god god was going to see to it that you got that bible but now there's an amazing thing that somehow god In his sovereignty, uses the obedience of man to accomplish his eternal will. In other words, God in his... And by the way, that's the most amazing thing to me. Uh, These folks that say, well, you know, we don't do anything. We're like uh, pieces on a checkerboard and God just moves us around. And we have no choice whatsoever and blame everything on, well, it's the will of God. And, uh, and they say, well, we, we have such a powerful God that uh, you don't have a will. He just does what he wants with you. Let me tell you a more powerful God than that. A more powerful God tells you, you can make your own choices and I'll still accomplish my eternal will. That's a powerful God right there. You go ahead and make your choices, I'll still get my will accomplished. So somehow God in his sovereignty works through the obedience of. Of man so while on one hand we can say yes God's well I mean the, the the Son of God was going to be born of a virgin nevertheless Mary is to be uh, uh, appreciated and thanked for keeping herself pure so that she might be used as a vessel of God. yes uh, the, the book of Revelation was going to be written but John is to be admired, and thanked for doing what he had to do to be used of God to pen the book of Revelation here's what I'm saying God gave the book of Revelation to us through one obedient man named John humanly speaking here's why we have the great book of Revelation are you ready for this? humanly speaking I'm I'm talking uh, on the human side of it Here's why we have the book of Revelation. John tells us, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. That's why. You say, what? The Lord's Day, Sunday. John said, I was on this island. We know the story of John. Uh, all the other disciples have been killed. Some had been beheaded. Some had been, uh, Peter was, you know, was crucified upside down. But all of them were gone. It was A.D. 96. John's an old man. All of his peers are gone, some of them for many years. It had been over 60 years since he had seen the Savior. They had taken John and punished him for preaching the gospel. You know what they did? They put him in a vat of boiling oil. But he wouldn't die. He wouldn't die. You know, that would be my luck. I'd be, I'd be old. I'd say, oh, yeah, I want to go up like Elijah and Paul, And, and they'd put me in a the, in the, in the, in the pot of oil, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't die. <laughs> oh, God, I want to go. So they took him out. They said, man, he must be some kind of, we're kind of scared of him. And so they put him on an island, the Isle of Patmos. They said, don't mess with him. He's, that's one tough bird. Don't, don't mess with him. And they left him on the Isle of Patmos. Now, here he is. He's on an island. Now, I've studied the Isle of Patmos, and they're not completely sure what it was. Some say it was completely barren. He was all by himself. Some say it was a concentration camp. It was a, play, a, a prison camp. But even if it was, they say he himself was most likely completely isolated, and other prisoners were kept. Uh, so the bottom line is every commentator I checked said John was by himself on an island. And he said, when Sunday came, I had church. He's by himself on an island. He's an old man. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He has no future. What future you got living on an island, an old man? And he said, Sunday came, so I had church. Now, (laughs) I like to imagine that service. You know, uh, John stands up, and uh, I don't know what, if he, if he uh, cut off an old uh, palm tree at the stump and, uh, and dragged the tree away and made a little pulpit out of it. And, and I don't know how that service went. There he is by himself, and uh, probably wasn't much of an offering. And uh, I can see him trying to lead the singing and say, Okay, just the ladies on this verse, come on, I can't hear you. And uh, I can see him trying to preach the sermon. and say, Oh, yeah, got quiet on that one, boys. Yeah, I'm barking up your tree. Bring it in your belly and I got quiet on that one uh, I can imagine old John trying to have church it probably wasn't the old fashioned revival hour it probably wasn't the most exciting service going on in the world at the time but John said I don't care it's Sunday so I had church it was sunday so i said brother i don't care if i'm by myself i don't care if no one joins me i am going to clear up a place and by the way i'll bet you he didn't sleep in that place I'll bet you at night he went somewhere else to sleep. I'll bet you when it was time to make his, his uh, coconut oatmeal for breakfast, I'll bet he ate it somewhere else because I'll bet he didn't go near that church place unless it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. But I don't want to think when Sunday morning came, old John went over there and said, Wait are going. I want you to notice John was faithful to God when there was no one there to inspect him there was nobody there to. he didn't have to fill out an attendance form he didn't have to he didn't have to tell anybody oh I I wasn't there he didn't have to answer anybody there was nobody he didn't have to say man if i don't show up i'm gonna get a phone i know i'm gonna get a phone call 1500 people want to know where i was nope nobody would have been calling him john could have canceled the service and nobody would have known but john didn't do that john said it's sunday i'm gonna have church you know what God's work needs? You know what the, the church of God needs in 2001? It needs some Christians who say, I, it's when it's Sunday, I'm having church. When it's Sunday night, I'm going to church. When it's Wednesday night, I'm going to church. I mean, bless God, if I'm supposed to do it, I'm just going to do it. If I'm supposed to tithe, I'm just going to tithe. If I'm supposed to read my Bible, I'm just going to read my Bible. If I'm supposed to pray, I'm just going to pray. It was Sunday, John said, so I had church. The most important decisions you'll make in your life, folks, will be the ones that you make when you believe nobody will find out. Uh, you know, it's not really, I, I, gotta tell you, I love revival meetings, and uh, we've had some good services in our church, but it's not really hard when, when especially, you know, the, the preacher stands, you have revival service, and, and everybody comes down the aisle, and you're watching everybody else leave, and pretty soon, there's more people at the altar than sitting back with you, and you say, you know what, I believe I'll go down to the altar, you know, uh, that's not real hard. But when you're alone on an island and no one joins you and no one's there to inspect you, no one's there to call you, John said, it's church time. I'm having church and I'm going to have church. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. John was faithful when there was no one there to inspect, no one there to call. John was faithful to God when there was no one there to join him. You know what your pastor needs? he needs more people who will stand alone more people you, you know what you know what every church has got to have somebody that when the pastor says hey somebody jump up in there's they're getting up while they're waiting to hear what they're going to do somebody jump up and grab that okay where 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 is it oh you say i feel silly not as silly as an old man having church on an island with nobody there to have church with him. God needs some people to say, it's time to do right. The preacher needs some, I'm going to stand alone. You know, it's not hard to serve God on a team. That's not hard. I tell our folks in our church, and we're, we average about 60 on Sunday morning, and uh, which is about the best we've done so far, and thank God for it. But it's been a long slow climb and I've told our people this, I want to tell you something folks, one of these days, you know, we've had the people come in to inspect, they come in for one service and uh, you know, they're all, one lady came in one time and she says, uh, um, she says, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian musician. She said, my music has been on WFME. She said, I, 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 I'm a professional. And uh, she said, we're looking for a place to worship. And I thought, man, don't even fill out a visitor's card. You, we know you're not coming back here. <laughs> and uh, she was a nice lady. She had a nice husband. Probably, but, you know, we've had all kinds of inspectors come in want to find out what we're about and see what we're doing. And I've told our people time and time, I said, will you listen to me? One of these days, we're going to build a building, and it's going to be out on a main road, and uh, it's going to start to attract people. And I, I want you to know that everybody whoever comes is welcome. But I want you to know that I will always know that the people that build this church are the ones who came and sat in an old uh, dance hall in a VFW hall where there's a little bit of smell of cigarette in the air, and we had to clean the beer off the floor before we started the service, and and uh, there was uh, sometimes they forget to shut the jukebox off in the next room, and but you came and you sat there in a metal folding chair, and it wasn't that comfortable, but you came and you said, I'm going to worship God, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to do right right here because this is they preach the word of God and serve him and I say you know when when those folks start jumping on uh, on the the, the bandwagon they're welcome but I'll always know who stood when they had to stand alone God needs some people that'll stand alone God needs some people (coughs) John was faithful to God get this after he had already done his service for god john was i mean can you imagine he was one of the 12 the greatest accomplishments of john were done all the great things that he did in the writing of the gospels and and, and he was done not in his mind he wasn't he said i got more to do John was faithful after he had thought he had done uh, his service for God. You know, I've heard people say to me as I've knocked on doors, and I've never gone after anybody who, you know, uh, to try to, you know, I, I don't look at people and say, oh, boy, if we could just get them in the church. Man, I want to find folks who are lost, get them saved, get them baptized, get them into church. But once in a while, you know, you knock on a door, and they'll say, well, I'm from such and such church over here. And, uh, but, you know, I don't go anymore, this or that or the other thing, and, Call me if you ever need anything. So you call them, <laughs> and they say, "Well, you know, I've I've done my service for God. I gave my sacrificial gift, or I I put in my years in the bus ministry, or I helped build the building for such and such, or I did this already." You know, and I always want to say, "If you're done, then die." <laughs> I mean. Why did God leave you here after you got saved? To serve him. And if you're not serving him, why are you breathing? Why are you taking up space? Hey, I ask you tonight. You say, Well, not, you know what, I've served the Lord in years gone by and I put my time in. for God's people doesn't mean Florida. Retirement means heaven. John was faithful to God when it seemed that God had forgotten him. Now I know God never forgets his people. But there's one month out of the year when it seems like God has forgotten his people. So for some reason a the month of August. It just... The month of August just seems like, where did God go? And then, you know, every year every year since I've been a pastor, the month of August is just like, oh, is it ever going to end? If September 1st gets here, it's like everything changes. It's like Jesus came again. But the month of August, it drags, and everybody goes out of town, and it's so hot, and nothing happens, and and nobody's getting saved anymore. What's going on? Boy, this year I planned everything for August, and... And then I'm, I'm going to leave, but uh, but it's hot and it's long and it's tiresome. But God hasn't forgotten you. Let me tell you something. Can you imagine the mindset of John as he sat in the Isle of Patmos? How he must have thought, God, remember me. God, remember the disciple whom Jesus loved. Have you forgotten me? I wonder how long he was there. He thought God had forgotten him or could have. I don't think he did, but could have thought God had forgotten him. Let me tell you something. If you've never been to the place where you think that God doesn't hear you anymore, you'll get there. Your Isle of Patmos is going to come where you just think boy everything's gotten so bad and the loss of a loved one and a heartache and an illness and a reversal and everything's gone down and it just seems like God has forgotten me let me tell you something though just as surely as your owl of Patmos will come your book of revelation will come too John was faithful to God when it seemed that God had forgotten him he was faithful to God though his co-laborers were all gone It had been over 60 years since he'd seen Jesus. Peter was gone. Paul was gone. Both Jameses were gone. All of his fellows. Remember this is John of Peter, James, and John. Peter and James are gone. No more. Uh, the, the sons of thunder was just a memory. The miracles the, the, the transfiguration, it's all just a distant, distant memory. And all of his co-lavers are gone. Let me tell you one reason I admire your pastor so greatly. I was probably 14 or 15 years old. And I was sitting in a church about 25 minutes from my home. And it was the first fundamental church I'd ever, che- ever seen. I'd never seen a fundamental, uh, fundamental church before this. It was a great church and I remember the pastor saying it, w- it was a meeting and I don't remember who was preaching it may have been uh, Dr. Bob Gray from Florida it may have been I believe I know he preached there and I heard him and it may have been him or somebody else uh, preaching but at the end of the service the pastor said I'm going to ask Pastor John Morgan to come and and he's pastoring in in uh, Brooklyn New York I thought man I didn't know there were churches in Brooklyn, I didn't know there were churches in New York City. We always hear about you. Nobody's doing anything for God in New York City. What a blessing to hear. And Pastor Morgan came up and closed the service that night. Here's the thing. I could name for you many of the pastors who were in that room that night. And of all I could name for because I was paying attention. I was going to be a preacher. And I didn't know that that God was going to have me come back to my home area, but I knew I had a burden for my home area. And so I listened closer, and I could name them for you. They became my heroes. But of all of those pastors there that night, dozens of them, some of them building great works, I only know of two that are still behind their pulpits that were there back then, 20 years ago. One is Pastor Tom Crichton in Rhode Island. And the other is your pastor now I, I, I got to imagine all these many years later yes there's some good young guys coming up and yes they're they're trying we're, we're, we're trying to uh I guess I just called myself a good young guy didn't I I'm, I'm talking about my friends you know pastor dingus is going to be here next all those guys I'm a bum but uh, but yes there's some guys some zealous guys and we want to see some God do something but I imagine it must be awful lonely for your pastor sometimes to think about the men who've maybe got tired of laboring in a, the, the field of the northeast, went somewhere else. Some who have gone into sin will be out of the ministry forever. Some have gone to heaven. and Some who just sort of gave up on God. And yet, here he is. Here he is. I'll bet... Sometimes though God's blessing here and though this is a phenomenal thing that God is doing and though this is a beautiful building, I'll bet it'd be real easy for him to let the devil whisper in his ear and say, Pastor Morgan, you're on Patmos. All your co laborers have forsaken you. But you know why God continues to bless? Because he gets in the spirit on the Lord's day. He just does what he's supposed to do. You know why, What God, will, when God will bless you greatly is when you just say, when it's Sunday, I'm going to have church. Amen. And even if I'm all by the cell, when it's spring, I'm going to have church. John was faithful to God when it seemed God had no use for him. What do you think John on the Isle of Patmos could have convinced, if he tried to talk himself into, well, God could use me to do this. What could he say? What else? Here, I'm alone. i have forgotten. It's over. I'm old. What could he possibly convince himself there was left for him? I don't know, but he said, it was Sunday, so I had church. I think of Dr. Robertson and several years ago at pastor school and I'm sure he's he's made this statement uh, hundreds of times and probably I've heard him say it dozens of times but I remember him saying it one time more than any other it was in 1995 and I sat there as a I hadn't even been a pastor for a full year and I heard that great 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 man of God stand behind the pulpit before he preached and pray God what do you have for me and I looked up I said what does God have for you? Uh, you know uh, and then I looked back down and thought I'm just praying here a man who has served God for decades and moved his country for God looks to heaven on the doorstep of 90 years old and says at that time he was and says God what do you have for me? What do you have for me to do? And here we are giving up at 40. Here we are thrown in the town. Say, well, you're just not as young as I used to be. <laughs> oh, what does God have for you? John was faithful to God when it seemed that God had no more use for him. God, John was faithful to God when he could foresee no good coming from it. I want to tell you, you know, uh, our early days of our church, we had one group of people that grew. I'm talking about we reached one group of people. You know what it was? Single moms. That was the first group of people that we really started bringing into our church when we first started. And God broke my heart for the lack of manhood in our country. But I, I, my heart breaks for for you moms, and I, I'm sure you must be here. And it just seems like there's no future. It just seems like you're spinning your wheels and you say, "Where am I going? What's going on?" I want to tell you, God has something. God's doing something. Don't you quit now? Don't you, don't you get up now? No, you. When the when the Lord's day comes, you get the Spirit. You have church, God has something for you. John was faithful to God because he was supposed to be. There's going to come a time when all your incentives seem to be gone. When, When even the big goals don't thrill you anymore. When even the Bible doesn't thrill you like it used to. And then, if you're a good Christian, you'll continue to serve God for one reason because you're supposed to and that's why humanly speaking in your lap today is a book that contains not 65 books but 66 because John said it was Sunday so I had church no one joined me but I had church I mean an island I, I would assume it had a beach I would assume there was waves coming in on that beach if that was me and I was 90-something years old and there was nobody around us in that head church, I ain't Sunday so I had church give me just two more minutes and I want to describe for you what happened to old John I'll bet you week after week after week he stood up maybe he quoted the the gospel he had penned he got up and I'll bet you with tears in his eyes as he stood and he thought about The Savior, over 60 years ago, the Savior that he had known and loved and walked with. And he stood there behind his little makeshift pulpit and talked to nobody. And with tears running down his face, probably every week, he said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And as he wept he said the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not a thing made that was made. And he maybe he stopped and said God how much longer can I go on? And it was light. And the light was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Oh God how long are you going to leave me down here? There was a man sent from God whose name was John, of course, John the Baptist. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And as he stands there, quoting the scripture, having church by himself because it's Sunday and that's what he was supposed to do. (laughs) The old man thinks he's going senile because he hears a voice say, I am Alpha and Omega. Omega. just keep going here he quotes a little more of the word of God that he was blessed to pen and he says he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world and he hears a voice say the beginning and the ending he said man oh mind don't play tricks on me I know that voice and the voice said, save the Lord which was and which is and which is to come. And he turned around and he said, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, it's been so long. My Savior. And he looked in the face of the one who we've not seen in 60 years. And why did Jesus and give him this great book for one reason it was sunday so we had church i want to tell you folks life is full of blessings that god has for you if you'll just get in the spirit on the lord's day if you'll just say when i'm supposed to read the bible i'll read it well, I'm supposed to and even when it doesn't make sense, and even when it bores you, and even when you're tired, and even when it's summertime, and you say, Where are we going? What's the point? Nothing's happening here. God says, You just keep you just keep getting in the Spirit of the Lord's day. And one of these days, I'll only tell you something. No, there's not gonna be another book of Revelation, Pen, but I'll tell you one thing just as much as God had a book of Revelation for John, he's got something for you if eh? You'll get in the spirit on the Lord's day. If you'll just be faithful to God. God's got something for you. Something big. Something huge. Something I can't do. Something you can do but I can't do. Something you can do that Pastor Morgan can't do. God has something big for you. God has something big for you. But you must stay faithful. When you're supposed to. Let's pray. Father.